0: Chapter 9 of The Crimson Cryptogram by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 9 The Austrian. Cass and Ellis examined the newcomer swiftly as they returned his bow. It was a foreign bow, including a smart click of the heels. Zirknitz was tall, slim, and remarkably handsome his good looks being set off to the fullest advantage by the quiet perfection of his evening dress. He wore no jewellery, the whitest of linen, the neatest of bows, and a silk hat with a wonderful luster. As the night was chilly he had on a fur-lined coat with sable cuffs and collar, and his slender hands, encased in grey gloves, held a gold-topped bamboo.' Altogether, Mr. or Monsieur or Herr Zirknitz was, to all appearances, a man who valued his looks as part of his stock-in-trade to enable him to carry on his business of adventurer, but, in spite of his care, the hoof betrayed the devil, for there was a rakish fast air about him which stamped him as dangerous. Ellis thought that such a scamp would not draw the line at murder so long as he could save himself from punishment. "'I am charmed to meet your friends, madame,' said Zirknitz, in good enough English, but with a pronounced foreign accent. "'And the names?' "'This is Mr. Cass. That gent is Dr. Ellis.' The smile died away on the Austrian's lips. "'Ellis,' he said, in a hesitating manner. "'And a doctor.' "'Of Dukesfield?' "'Yes, Monsieur Zirknitz,' replied Ellis, grimly. "'Of Dukesfield.' "'You saw the body of my poor friend Moxton?' "'Yes. Were you a friend of his?' "'The best friend he had, monsieur. If I knew who killed him so cruelly, I would spend my life trying to bring him to justice. "'Halas!' Hey, "'Hmmm,' repeated Cass. "'So you think a man killed Moxton?' i go by the evidence at the inquest said zirknitz with a bow the doctor explained at the inquest that a man must have struck the blow i said that indeed monsieur zirknitz but a woman may be mixed up in the matter here all of you cried polly with impatient good humour i can't have the three of you talking here all night i want to dress and go home to my chicks rudolph you must come and see me on another night mr cass Doctor." Look up yours truly, whenever you get a chance, and good night, you you, my dears. In this way, the star bustled them out of her dressing-room, and the three men repaired to the front of the house. It seemed indeed that Zirknitz was inclined to leave them, but after a glance at the haggard face of Ellis, he changed his mind. Cass invited him to sit at their table, which he did, and accepted a lemon squash. "'I never take anything stronger,' he said gracefully. "'It is bad for the nerves. "'It makes the hand shake.' "'I can understand that as applying to a doctor like myself, Monsieur Zirknitz. "'But to you, how does it apply to you? "'What profession do you follow that requires nerve?' "'I play cards, doctor. "'I earn my living in that way. "'And let me tell you, one who does so must have a steady hand, "'a clear brain, and nerves of steel.' as he spoke schwartz all alone strolled past he nodded to the austrian but frowned slightly when he saw him with ellis then pausing by the table he tapped cass on the shoulder with a plump be-ringed hand mr coss my good friend vill you wit me goome? i have pissness with you that do not wait is there money in it schwartz the German cast another look at Zirknitz, who was trifling with a cigarette which he took out of a handsome silver case. "'I dink so,' he said pointedly. "'In that case I'll come. Wait for me here, Ellis. Monsieur Zirknitz, I wish you good evening.' And Cass went off in high spirits with the fat Schwartz, so that Ellis and the Austrian were left alone. The table at which they were seated was placed at a comparatively secluded corner, out of the crush of people and the glare of the light. Yet, quiet though it was, Zirknitz, after a glance round, appeared to be annoyed by the position. "'Will you come to my box, monsieur?' he said, rising. "'I fancy it is more comfortable there.' "'But my friend Cass?' "'I shall instruct the waiter to bring him to the box when he returns here.' "'Come, doctor,' added Zirknitz, in a whisper. "'I wish to speak with you about the murder.' A thrill ran through Ellis as he followed the Austrian up the stairs. Was the man about to confess to his crime? That was hardly probable. Perhaps he intended to explain the cipher. Yet that also was doubtful. By this time Ellis had seated himself in a shady corner of the box. He was thoroughly puzzled, and could conceive of no reason why Zirknitz should seek this interview. The young man closed the door, removed his coat and hat, and offered ellis a cigarette the doctor refused on the plea that he had smoked enough for he could not bring himself to accept anything from the hands of monsieur zirknitz they were those of a card sharper a swindler a murderer in this belief ellis decided to let the austrian do most of the talking hoping to trap him if not into confession at least into damaging admissions His own role was to say nothing, to know nothing, and to give Monsieur Zirknitz a sufficiency of rope to weave a halter. The situation was uncomfortable, and Ellis felt as though he were dealing with a graceful but dangerous tiger, which required dexterous and diplomatic handling. "'I am glad to meet you, doctor,' said Zirknitz, in his quiet voice. "'Indeed, had I not done so here by chance, I should have called on you.' with reference to the murder? Say, with reference to Mrs. Moxton and her husband's will. Also, monsieur, with reference to her husband's cousin. Ah, Celerat! Busham? Ah, yes, that is the name. Mr. Richard Busham, the advocate. Do you know him? Moi, monsieur? Non, but I hope to know him if he does not behave well to my sister dr ellis leaned back in his chair with a gasp of astonishment your sister mrs moxton or rather i should say my half-sister did you not know how should i know muttered ellis not yet recovered from his amazement because my sister mrs moxton told me that you were her best friend i hope i am her friend but i confess that i am astonished to hear that you are her brother "'Are you not a foreigner?' "'Yes. "'To truly speak, there is no blood relationship. "'Mrs. Gordon, the mother of my sister, married my father, Adolf Zirknitz, who was a widower. "'The marriage of our parents is the bond between us.' "'I see. "'And you have two sisters?' "'We. "'Mrs. Moxton, who is Laura, and Miss Janet Gordon. "'Who told you?' "'Polly. "'Miss Horley.' ah muttered zirknitz with a look of displeasure she talks so much oh so very much here was a discovery the mythical lover of mrs moxton the murderer of her husband if the blood signs could be believed turned out to be her brother by marriage a queer sort of relationship truly which ellis had not met with before still one sufficiently close to put any question of love out of the case If so, what was Zirknitz's motive for committing the crime? Ellis felt that he was floundering in deep water. Why do you tell me all this? he asked suspiciously. Because Laura says that you are her friend and will help her through with this matter. Of the murder? Partly, and of the will. Busham is not an easy man to deal with, and he is annoyed that old Moxton's money should go to Laura. How do you know it will go to her? "'Laura told me she thought there was a will leaving it to her.' "'Monsieur Zirknitz,' said Ellis, after a few moments of reflection, "'will you answer a few questions?' "'Oh, yes, most certainly. I have much confidence in you, Dr. Ellis.' The other did not reciprocate this sentiment, but had sense enough to keep his doubts to himself. "'You knew Moxton very well, I presume?' "'Oui, da!' Zirknitz shrugged his shoulders. "'But we were not friends.' He was always drinking and quarreling. I do not like such men. You disliked him? No, I dislike no person. It is troublesome to do that. Did you visit him at Dukesfield? I did not. He hated me, you understand. Sometimes at night I went to see my sister when all was quiet. Ellis reflected that these visits must have been conducted with considerable secrecy, seeing that Mrs. Basket was ignorant of them but, to be sure, they took place after dark. "'Were you at Myrtle Villa on the night of the murder?' "'No,' answered Zirknitz, coolly and promptly. "'I thought of going for my sister Janet, but I changed my mind. Moxton was drunk, so I fancied he might make trouble.' "'Then you saw Moxton on that night?' "'Oh, most certainly. He was—he was—' Zirknitz hesitated.' He was in the secret gambling-room of Schwartz, finished Ellis, guessing his thoughts. The Austrian's face became as blank as a sheet of white paper. "'But I do not understand,' he said with a shrug. "'Oh, well, as you please,' returned the doctor coolly. "'I know nothing about the matter myself. To continue where we left off, where did you see Moxton last on the night he was killed?' "'Oh, at the bar in there!' Zirknitz was clever enough to take his cue. "'He was drunk. Not very bad, but noisy and troublesome. "'He drove away in a cab.' "'Right down to Dukesfield?' "'That I do not know. I went home to bed myself.' This was a lie, as Ellis shrewdly guessed, but the Austrian carried it off with an air which showed that he was an adept at falsehood. "'When did you hear of the murder?' I saw it next day in the papers. Then why did you not go to Dukesfield to help Mrs. Moxton? Why should I? said Zirknitz with a charming smile. Murder is not pleasant. I don't like such things, and I might have got into trouble. I do not mind saying, doctor, that mine has been a life of adventure, and I care not for the police. You are afraid, said Ellis, wondering at the selfishness and brutal candor of the confession. Certimente i am afraid oh think badly of me if you like i am so bad that i can be no worse but i shall help my sister over the money because you hope to get some eh why not i am extravagant ellis felt a strong desire to kick this handsome smiling rascal but he doubted if even a kick would rouse any shame in him the man seemed to have no moral sense just such a soulless brainless being who would commit a crime The doctor began to look upon him as a psychological curiosity, and felt more convinced than ever that he had killed Moxton. The want of money supplied the motive. "'Who do you think murdered Moxton?' he asked, resolved to startle the man into a confession. "'Who do I think murdered Moxton?' repeated Zirknitz, blandly. "'Why, my dear monsieur, I think Mr. Busham did.' Ellis jumped up on what grounds do you make such an accusation ah i will not tell you that now replied zirknitz coolly i do not yet know you well if mrs moxton agrees i may do so but if you will oh no i tell nothing see the performance is over we must go While the Austrian was resuming coat and hat, Ellis felt sorely tempted to tell him about the blood signs and accuse him of killing Moxton. But as yet he had not sufficient evidence, and it was unwise to put Zirknitz on his guard until he could get him into a corner. Before he could decide, the Austrian nodded, and still smiling, slipped out of the box. Ellis stooped to pick up his stick and followed almost immediately, only to find that Zirknitz had vanished into the crowd. What his attitude was towards himself, the doctor could not quite determine. "'I shall question Mrs. Moxton about her brother,' he reflected as he went in search of Cass. The journalist was in the office of Schwartz, but came out when he heard Ellis inquiring for him. "'How did you get on with Zirknitz?' he asked, as they hailed a hansom. "'Oh, pretty well. He talked a great deal, and declared that Busham killed Moxton. "'The deuce! How can he prove that?' i don't know he refused to give any proof and cleared out before i could question him further what did schwartz want to see you about to warn you and me against cultivating zirknitz is he a bad egg the worst in the nest from all accounts i believe he killed moxton on his own hook he denies that he was at dukesfield that night denies it like his brass why he left this hall to take moxton home Who says so? Schwartz. Do you believe Schwartz? Cass drew a long, long breath. I don't know what to believe, he said. All these men form part of the gang of rogues. There is more devilry in this case than we know of, Bob. End of chapter 9. Read by Don W. Jenkins. Rancho San Diego, California.